0: Another episode of Sports Web Podcast here on Heat100Radio.com. It's your boy, Sports Web D. And I want to talk to you first about an article that I saw. And I posted it about the NCAA and the coach at Texas Tech. And the article goes on to read that Texas Tech's coach created a toxic environment at the university so in the midst of everything that's going on uh within society as we see we have our nba players and our WNBA players having sayings or uh, phrases on the back of their jerseys um standing up speaking out for the injustices that have been going on more so in the last several months as well as the last several years and as it's been ongoing, we know how long it's been going on since forever. But more importantly, uh, they have now begun to make a, take a stand and have use their voice and their platform in support of uh, trying to get some things done to relieve these social injustices that are going on. So I felt like this was a good topic to bring to your attention, where people lose sight of the fact that, Although we are fighting, we are in this fight. This stuff is going on consistently and constantly around us. And it needs to be stopped. So I appreciate and I applaud the efforts of all of the voices and all the people that have a voice, myself included, that are trying to use that voice in their platform to get some things changed or attempt to get some things changed and trying to. Move in the right direction. So this uh article in this toxic environment was created by Texas Tech women's basketball coach Marlene Stolings. Okay. Um they said the player said that there was an, an intimidation and fear in her first two seasons at the school. Intimidation and fear. Which is I believe hard on young people, young athletes, even more so. It it messes with your psyche. Um, It it has you believing things that are not true about yourself. You know, just in and all, it just really, really bothers you and messes with your psyche. So there were allegations of mental abuse and sexual harassment against a health and conditioning coach who resigned in March by the way so anytime i read any of these articles and i give you these articles and i bring you this information and i give you the bylines or the the basic the meat of the article and when i see stuff like this when they have allegations and then i see that these allegations came out also in March and then i see participants or alleged participants that have retired since the information has been presented always leads me to believe first and foremost that they had some type of hand in the situation and for face value for myself and clearing my thoughts and clearing my words i don't necessarily think it's bad or good i just automatically think that they had something to do with it okay and that can go all the way across the board it could be good it could be bad could be a little bit of both or whatever but when they resign immediately i just feel that they are trying to remove themselves from the equation and that they had a hand in whatever nonsense was going on um there were interviews with 10 players and two former assistant coaches also two parents as well as exit interviews Obtained through records by request. Okay, Texas Tech hired Stolens in 2018. So this report is coming out August, and she's been there two years. Uh, she was also she also served as coach at Minnesota, where she went 82 and 47, and she reached the NCAA tournament twice. Uh, previously, she was the head coach at VCU and went throughout for a total of three seasons. Texas Tech, when she got there, went 14 and 17 in her first season. A seven game improvement on the prior season and then improved to 18 and 11 this past season now she's been at these other universities and i love breaking these articles down because they said her winning statistics and her coaching statistics all fine and well no complaints about her being a good coach or not a good coach There was nothing about that it's about the outside of coaching activities that went on that she played a part in and other activities that could have been stopped that were not and of course she knew about a lot of this stuff as the head coach she had to know Uh, they also saw a dozen players transfer over the past two seasons eight after Stoling's first season and four more after this past season so that's 8 and then 4 that's 12 players who under this coach because of this toxic environment transferred. they have that many players transferred from a basketball team it is a huge huge number It's a huge dent in that team because usually basketball teams are only 15 players usually and that's 12 so that leaves you 3 original players and you have to filter in players from wherever you can get them um second chance recruits walk-ons things of that nature but all in all you lose a great portion of your team if you have 12 players that transfer for whatever reasons that they transfer for and for this particular case or in this particular case it was due to the toxic environment which was placed upon the texas Tech's women's basketball team um it says the players felt routinely belittled by Stolings and her staff, and they had con- serious had serious concerns about their physical well-being. Now, it had a system that was created to monitor their heart rates during practices and games. Okay, You had eight players on this team that said their playing time was determined by whether they maintained a heart rate of at least 90% of capacity. I thought playing time was earned on how you progressed in practice and how you progressed around the team when you got the opportunity to play that would increase your playing time if it was minimal it's how i remember it but being able to say that you have to have 90 percent of capacity for your heart rate i think is strange and i think you will begin to burn those players out where eventually they won't have 90 percent of their heart rate to participate so it's a struggle it has the players with their backs up against the wall a lot of pressure which really should not be that much pressure they're already under pressure to get playing time period because usually in college it's wide open unless you're a five-star athlete or whatever and it also depends on what college what level you go to all right. um, again another thing that a red flag for me when I break down these articles Stolings declined an interview request from ESPN through an athletic department spokesman, person, but the school issued a statement in her name again leads me to believe on this side of it the head coach you knew that these things were going on you understood what was going on and I don't know how you didn't stop it but you continue to let things go on and not say anything and then you decide when it's time for someone to talk about it or someone wants to talk to you about it you decide not to comment so here's what the university said in our quote we know change is difficult and that and there has been no different um at texas tech um her statement read some Some wonderful young women have decided to leave our program and pursue their dreams elsewhere. I hope they have found everything they are looking for at their new destination. Still, no mention as to why these young ladies decided to transfer. Um, It's a, a vanilla, as we say in football, a blanket statement which doesn't really give any information, doesn't really clear any things up. They go on to say, and I quote, our administration and my staff believe in the way we we are building and turning this program around here. Our student athletes are develop developing and di- developing a disciplined approach both on and off the court. With multiple allegations with multiple allegations of sexual harassment against former strength and conditioning coach, um, I don't understand how they are performing a disciplined regiment or discipline culture there. It's a monarchy. Um, Former Texas Tech player Emma Merriweather, who began her career at Long Beach State and is now at Kansas, detailed in a report an incident in which uh, Petrella, the strength and conditioning coach, alleged demeaning behavior in front of men's basketball player which led to her suffering panic attacks. Told you, this kind of environment this kind of treatment attacks your psyche and it takes you places where you begin to be unhealthy okay they are unhealthy thoughts that you have at this particular point Um, another unnamed player said that the strength and conditioning coat touched her inappropriately while applying a physical therapy technique known as reflexive performance after reporting the incident to texas to the school's title uh, Title Nine Administrator, the player said she learned from Texas Tech Athletic Director Uh Kirby Hoka that Patrilla had resigned. Gonna take a quick break. When I come back, I will pick up with more NCAA talk and a little bit more on this article. You are tuned in to Sports Rap on Heat One Hundred Radio dot com. <laughs> left off and, and I left off with you uh talking about the toxic environment at Texas Tech with that involving that coach, um, Miss Marlene Strollings. And I left off talking to you about another former player who, when she reported, um, uh, the incident of the sexual assault or the sexual misconduct, um, coming from the strength and conditioning coach, the university informed her that he had resigned. So That also, again, another red flag for me that lets me know that or leads me to believe that he knew something was about to happen and, again, he wanted to try and remove himself from the situation in hopes that his name may not come up. Um, Again, and I quote from the university, Earlier this year, we were made aware of allegations of inappropriate behavior by a support staff member of our women's basketball program. When the individual was confronted with the allegations, the individual resigned from their position before any university review could take place. Told you, red flag. He was confronted about it. He immediately resigned so that there couldn't be an investigation, meaning he knew that he did something and he knew that it would come out if there was an investigation. Additionally, based on information received, we conducted an in-depth program review of our women's basketball team. I have thoroughly discussed this review with Coach Strollings and am confident that we are taking appropriate steps to improve the relationship and communication between coaches and student athletes so that we can continue to grow the success of our program both on and off the court. Well, I don't know how well that's going to work, Because, like I mentioned, the strength and conditioning coach was confronted uh, in regards to the information that was presented to the university. And he immediately resigned, like I said, and I'll keep saying it, leading me to believe that he was involved. He did not want things to come out. He wanted things to stay in the closet, so to speak. But we all know what's done in the dark will eventually come to light which these issues have come to light. Richard Drummond, what's going on, my friend? So these issues have come to light, and he immediately wanted to remove himself from the situation. So it's not going to work, buddy. Your name is already put in the article, and you will be um, called in once Curtis Shirley, what's going on? Once that formal investigation begins, and I'm sure it will, because now you have some players that have spoken up, spoken out which always gives confidence to other players to uh, speak out and piggyback on what the initial spearheads have done in speaking out and making these uh, allegations in this environment known to the powers that be who need to know what was going on. So hopefully there will be an in-depth investigation, a true in-depth investigation, and the university will find out what actually went on with this coach being at the helm um like i said if these things went on this coach knew something about it whether she knew the exact details or whatever the chatter because it came out the the chatter around the team she knew something you know she might not have been privy to like i said the exact information or the exact activities that went on or have had occurred but she got wind and she had an idea that something was going on. And apparently it came out because there was nothing done about it. So we will definitely see how that played out, how that plays out um later on down the line. Now, staying with our NCAA talk for the moment, I also mentioned to you in my news and updates about the Pac-12. And I mentioned before about a week ago where the Pac-12 players were uh, getting together and attempting or possibly planning for a boycott for the football season. Um, Now, I just reported this morning, a little while ago, that they are at a divide. So that means that some players may be willing to play or may want to play, and then there's others who have serious concerns about the health and safety protocols, or the coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, uh, safety protocols for their return to the sport, which I think is something that I think is a great idea. I think it's a great thought process for these players, but I also in a small way think that it's something that these players shouldn't have to come up with by themselves. The coaches... Who are the adults who have the direct line of uh, dialogue, a direct line of conversation with the administrators, I feel like should have been on the player' side um, in this issue. It shouldn't have come to the players threatening um, a boycott for, for uh, you know things to be looked into or for administration to be prevalent in this issue. But all in all, with that going on, the pac-12 commissioner larry scott has issued a statement to football players threatening to boycott the 2020 season now i'm going to go through this article and i want you to listen shaw sister hey auntie joe how are you good morning good morning i'm going to go through this article and like i said i always like to bring you stuff that has ties to current events what's going on today in society in general so I'm gonna go through this article and I'm sure you will pick up on some things in this article especially after we just talked about another university that had a toxic environment so I'm sure again like I said I'm sure you will pick up on some things as I go through this article so It it opens up and it says that the commissioner, Larry Scott, is open to holding dialogue with a group of league football players who are threatening to boycott the 2020 football season. Okay. According to the letter that Scott sent the group on Monday, uh, his response was to, we are United Campaign's letter. So it was United Campaign's letter. Okay. So that's what the team, the players are being called. Um, they had a list of demands. It was a 14, so Scott says in his 1,400-word response, okay, and I quote, we are eager to hear more about your concerns and very happy to discuss. I will come back to you in the coming days following discussion with our members and student-athlete leaders to schedule a call for this week to discuss the matters you have raised end quote it's okay he starts off good where he's saying that he will um take their list take their concerns into consideration and listen to their thoughts behind their concerns um some of the things that were in the letter and it was detailing the demands on requesting daily Zoom meetings with Scott, the Pac-12 well, PAC direct athletic directors, and the players group, players representative for each team, okay, rather. The group conditions, well, no, the group requested the Zoom meetings begin on Monday evening. And they. one of the players said, we believe a football season under these conditions will be reckless and put us at, at, at needless risk, end quote. Um their email that was sent to Scott also said and I quote the lack of regard for our health and safety is central to the system system systemic racial injustices imposed by NCAA sports that have disproportionately exploits black athletes physically academically and financially end quote So you know last week I talked about the NCAA and their systemic injustices and how they deprive black athletes of financial freedom down the line talked about that last week here it is another issue that's put into this letter the letter was signed by 11 players from a different league school okay the only program that had not responded was the university of colorado and the 11 players were Dallas Hobbs of Washington State, Cody Shear of Arizona State, Jaden Grant of Oregon State, Valentino Daltoso of Cal, Chase Williams of USC, Elijah Higgins of Stanford, Javon Holland of Oregon, Joe Tryon of Washington, Malik Houseman of Arizona, Nick Ford from Utah, and Oteo. Ogbania of UCLA. The athletes in this league's number one priority, says Scott. And then he goes on to quote and say, For this reason, we have made clear on July 10th that any stu- any student athlete who chooses not to return to competition for health or safety reasons will have their scholarship protected and will remain in good standing with their team. We support any student-athlete who chooses to opt out for health and safety reasons. So that's a good note, okay, which means that the Pac-12 has some type of understanding uh, of where these student-athletes, of what their position is, rather, okay? Um, He also cites multiple initiatives, okay, that are included in the Pac-12, which precedes me to go on and how their attempt to help these players or their face value concern is imminent in this fight. Um, Their policies are, for one, providing medical care for, for athletes four years beyond their eligibility, which is twice as many years of coverage as many as any other major conference. Okay. Also, allowing any former player to use the remainder of their scholarship to return to campus to complete a degree, which they haven't been allowed to do that in the past, which I think is also a good thing, another progressive step for the NCAA. And three, against school canceling scholarships because of poor performance. And four, to require schools to have mental health services available to all athletes. Another key thing that I think is important, that mental health part and the poor performance. You have to take care of these kids because, after all, they are kids. And I know a lot of them or some of them do end up becoming high-profile athletes for these institutions, but they are still kids. They're 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids who are possibly looking at moving into a world of unknown superior unknown because for a lot of them or for some of them they will progress and eventually become a pro professional athlete which is a world that they have never been in a world they have never seen and it can very easily take them by storm and take them under so it needs to be, they need to be nurtured while they are at these universities and institutions. Okay. Uh, the letter also cites that the unlimited meals the Pac-12 schools provide their athletes, which, like I mentioned several times, if you don't understand, if you're at a Pac-12, which is a, a big division, a major college division, a major college schools, and you're an athlete, your schedule is so hectic, that you're not allotted the same meal plan that the average student is. So a lot of times you get meals where you have to fend for yourself after practice or after meetings and things of that nature, which is tough when you're not earning any money. It's really tough. So for them to add that into their program, I think is a good idea. And as you know, this is Pac-12, so I'm sure they're based out west in California. And, you know, California is heavily, heavily involved in the NIL bill. And I hope I'm thinking and I'm guessing I'm hoping that that bill will pass and become a staple with the NCAA. Um, there's also in this, he says, a modification of the transfer rule to allow players to play immediately and the passage of a uniform legislation to allow players to profit from their name, image and likeness, like I just mentioned. Uh, No PAC-12 school is requiring athletes to sign a liability waiver to begin workouts. Okay, so the university is open to them having workouts. They're not taking the typical powerhouse right or the powerhouse uh, play out out of the picture where usually if if we're in a pandemic, they want you to sign a waiver so they won't be responsible for whatever, yada, yada, yada. Apparently, the Pac-12 is apparently wanting to stand behind their players. Um, he also touches on the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matters movement, and says the Pac-12 has a long history of supporting student athletes' voices and initiatives on social in- on social justice. On July 1st, the Pac-12 announced a series of next steps to combat racism and support social injustice, including one a newly created head of diversity and inclusion position at the conference, which I think is good. Okay. They are progressing or attempting to progress. The formation of social justice and anti-racism advisory group that includes student athlete representatives. And three, the launch of a series of student athlete and coach anti-racism forums. Again, again, I think this is um, a good plan, some very good thought process, a very good ideas where the student athletes will be represented at that table. So it won't be the administrators and everything being done and then the information being funneled down to the athletes. The athletes will have a voice in this whole situation, which I think is great. And again like I mentioned before I went to the article I know I said to you that you will pick up on some points here is a change in the points that we are used to like I said it's a difference a very big difference from the first uh, incident with the toxic environment to now where it looks like the PAC-12 is attempting to listen to their students and, and understand and try and find a way to help their students out and listen to their demands and have their demands answered, do whatever they can to help these students as far as their safety and progressing through this pandemic. So we will see how this goes out, how this goes with the Pac-12. And I think it's a start and I think that it will spearhead some other conferences to possibly look at this and see what they've added or what their thoughts are of adding into their plan that can help the students and eventually help everyone in the conference now there may not be football but i think the point is being made the students in this pac-12 these 11 players their voice has been heard which is what they wanted i'm sure and for the pac-12 commissioner to immediately respond in the way that he responded with the open attitude and the aggressive progressive attitude and i say that meaning with everything that i just gave you where they are looking to change these things are in place which means to me and leads me to believe that he actually listened to the player's voice and listened to what they had to say not just as an administrator but as a human being um himself and really took time and understood where these players were and tried to come up with some things and issues where these players can be helped by these universities and institutions that, in a way, use them for their athletic abilities. Usually it's your athletic ability, then you get done with school and you go back. They're getting willing to try and give these guys or these young ladies an opportunity to come back to school after their playing careers are over, which is usually not the case and they're actually trying to do that and have them use the remainder of their scholarship if there was any scholarship left which i think is a good thing because usually when you're done with school even if you were on college scholarship you tried to go back you pretty much had to pay for it yourself that was the understanding that's the way it has been for a while so this change is a very very good change and i hope uh that again other conferences uh take heed and listen to this and see what they're thought process is what their ideas are and trying to incorporate them some way into their own conference and help these players out because again it's a great feeling to see where this went with the pac 12 and it also leads me to believe like i said once again that their voice these 11 players and i I totally commend these 11 players for taking the stand and standing up for something and having their voice be heard is is an accomplishment maybe a small accomplishment but it's a start and in my opinion in my eyes it's a huge accomplishment because they actually did what they wanted to do they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish in a letter non-violently but demanding something and they were listened to and they got something in return i am going to take a break when i come back i'm going to talk some nfl stuff and move into some nba stuff and a couple trending stories to push on down the line you are tuned in to sports rap heat 100 radio with your boy d see you on the other side in just a couple minutes continuing with today's episode of the sports rap podcast here on heat100radio.com as you look as i always wear a t-shirt i always represent I'm a little far away from the mic right now, but you see it. It is in a, a sports rap original, a sports rap official um, shirt courtesy of I Make It Yours. You can go check her out. Um, I underscore make underscore it underscore yours on Instagram. Tell her sports rap sent you. You can get your own customized shirt. You can even pick up a sports rap original if you would like. But I Make It Yours. Thanks for the shirt courtesy of. Once again, I make it yours, sports rap original decided to wear my own stuff today as I'm always wearing stuff for my people so I know they appreciate it and it's what I do but today I just wanted to switch up a little bit and represent sports wrap to the fullest today so I want to give a couple shout outs too if you didn't already know I posted it and I'm gonna talk a little real quick about it now because I didn't know this until I saw the full um, announcement. Or the formal announcement. I initially just heard that The Rock and a group of financial financial advisors had uh, got together and purchased the XFL from the WWE, which is the football league. You know all about it. Whatever, whatever. Um, a lot of people had been talking about this being a possible real-life episode of Ballers for The Rock, but as I read the article, I had to come back and bring this to you because shout out to danny garcia philadelphia's own danny garcia who is part of the reference group i believe it's danny garcia he's part of the financial group to purchase the xfl so if that is him congratulations to you congratulations to the rock for making that purchase and hopefully they can restore something um restore that league into something that people can enjoy so we are going to move into our nfl conversation our nfl dialogue talk whatever you want to call it right now and if you didn't know with everything going on there's still a lot of skepticism about the nfl actually starting on time um there have been a number of players that have opted out of the season um i'm not going to give you all of these names but it looks like there are just a few teams that don't have any. The Eagles had one player, Marquise Goodwin, who cited family reasons for his opting out. And I understand. I I got the news, I got the information, some of the information behind his reasoning. You know, I understand it. Um, but had a conversation at work and we're talking to guys talking and like I said to some of the guys, of course, in the battle in the heater metal as a team football team, you would want your new guy there with you to fight that battle with you. But I also mentioned that I also understand his reasoning um for not playing for opting out. And basically for me what it is is the bottom line is I would love for you to be there with me. This is where I want you to be in this line in these trenches with me. But you made a decision not to because of your family and your personal reasons. And the bottom line is, I may not like it, but as a human, as a man, as a teammate, I have to respect it. So I have no real issues with Marquise Goodman opting out and some of the other players that have opted out for their particular health and safety reasons. Mark Johnson, what's going on? Now, also, it's been reported that NFL teams will get salary relief for players that have opted out of the uh, 2020 season. So that's a good thing for the NFL, if you will. Also, it saves the NFL because they have to fill roster spots for those players that are not um, playing, that have opted out. So for them to, uh, the NFL to give them some kind of relief, I think it's a great thing. It's a great idea. And it'll help the league uh, in general, I believe. Now, moving forward, the NFL, like I mentioned to you earlier, they have tweaked their uh, testing protocols. And I hope that this will help them in their testing processes um, for the teams. Um, I saw a quick video that the Denver Broncos had a sanitizing station that the players walked through um, at practice. I don't know if any other team has that um i think that's another good start in the efforts to fight the covid 19 virus but again i've asked some people just in general before today's show to get some ideas of where people were about the football season um in comparison to where i was about the football season and and initially my thoughts were i felt like that it could possibly get done and in that initial thought process I kind of neglected the social distancing. Okay. And I also I kinda did and I kinda didn't. Uh because we know football is a sport that is very close knit. It's very physical. Um in more ways than one. And I'm not trying to be funny about that, but I mean it's a very physical as far as the contact. But there's a lot of touch and there's a lot of hands on in football. And my initial thoughts were that a lot of the players wear gloves already anyway, that they could wear long sleeves, which there wouldn't be much skin-on-skin skin contact. Uh, but also, there has to be an issue. There has to be something done as far as around the facial area with the helmet and the mask. Initially, I heard that the players would um, be required to wear masks, which for some of the players was probably take some getting used to. But then also, there's the part where the quarterback has to call out his signals there's also dialogue in football as well so on the field dialogue could be challenged quarterback dialogue could be challenged depending on how they prepare uh, with these face shields and how they prepare the helmets for this closeness space that they would be in if and when this football season uh, begins so the NFL, they completed a two-part health and safety protocol, and they had some financial adjustments for anticipated losses. So this leads me to believe that they are trying, um, and they understand that they are going to have losses. Like we all know, or most of us know, that the NFL is arguably the biggest revenue maker of the professional sports. We, most of us know that most of us if we don't know that then we don't know anything about sports, if you will. So they understand that they are gonna have some financial adjustments and some losses. Okay. Um they are still attempting to figure out this COVID nineteen and figure out ways that not so much around it but how to proceed with this still prevalent. Because there are players that have tested positive a um, couple Eagles players have tested positive there's also a coach the Eagles head coach has tested positive so you know it, it can happen and I think they are beginning to make plans for this and I'm glad that they're catching it during training camp and it's not getting to the regular season <laughs> a lot of baseball which again is a mess and i i may get to some baseball stuff today i may not but we all know the situation with baseball and you know i don't think there's a lot that can be done there unless there are drastic drastic changes as far as these players and their travel and their hotel and their accommodations there needs to be more strict guidelines on these guys um like just real quickly you know we saw what happened with the Phillies and the Marlins first and foremost then we had the second outbreak and then it's come out that the St. Louis Cardinals players attended a went to a casino and the commissioner tried to lay blame on the players Jackie Bridges thanks for tuning back in tried to lay blame on the players saying that they should have been uh, more diligent and more disciplined well you're the commissioner you can take a page from the leagues that have bubbles and make it that way if you don't want to go as far as making a having a bubble you put the restrictions on these players and you hold the teams and players accountable you can't just say it's the players if it's the players if they're allowed to go out they're going to go out if they can't go out then you've got some leeway okay you've got some leverage over the players but if you just leave it wide open things like what's going on with baseball are bound to happen and it will probably happen again if they don't get a hold on it and make some drastic changes immediately, okay? Uh, the 2020 salary cap for the NFL will remain intact at $198 million per team, and, but reading the fine print, the players' benefits will decrease by $17 million per team. They will not receive the following benefits this coming year. There will be no second career savings plan, no annuity, no severance pay, no performance-based pay, no tuition assistance, no playoff bi-week pay, and no Pro Bowl pay unless the Pro Bowl is paid. So, players are getting hit, hence the reason a lot of these guys are probably also um, opting out. This reason is probably enhancing the fact that the health and safety issues are not prevalent, are not um, taken care of fully or to their liking. Um, And this here, what they're saying is probably another incentive for them to opt out. Um, You know, a lot of these players in the NFL have performance-based compensation in their contracts. Um, No annuity. Um, A lot of people didn't know that some of these players, a lot of these players can go to school for free. they can return to school when they have a tuition assistance they're not getting that this year and it's all centered around the pandemic and where the pandemic has affected us in all walks of life as far as everyday life we know and we see what it has done to the economy and it has affected the average joes like us myself and it's now you now see that it is affecting the multi-billion dollar conglomerates like these professional sports leagues and things of that nature. Um, for the players opting out, uh, the player who opt out must, of course, have a contract and that contract will be totaled and reported read frozen until next year. So players that opt out if they are in a contract year, basically saying they'll become a free agent at the end of the year, when the next season starts, they will pick up on that contract that has been frozen because they opted out. So they will be renewing, not renewing, they will be starting the next season on their previous contract. There won't be any uh, negotiations in the off season and things like that because that contract will be frozen. So they can't do anything of that, na- things of that nature, and it will be what it is for them until the following season. Um it's been a significant number of players that have opted out. And again, there's talk about possibly instituting a bubble like there's been in the NBA, WNBA, and the NHL. And like I've been saying, I I, I give the NBA the top number one seed in that preparing and preparation for this pandemic and, and creating their bubble. The other leagues that follow suit have been very, very good as well, where we have not heard any outbreaks, if you will, uh, of the coronavirus. And they are doing their due diligence. Like I mentioned last week, uh, with the incident with Lou Williams, he left the bubble for family reasons. He allegedly got in got involved in an investigation, whatever, whatever. But upon his return, he still had to quarantine another 10 days before he can return to the activities with his team. And that goes for anybody that has left the bubble for um, scheduled reasons or unscheduled reasons. Once you return, if you return, you have to quarantine again. And this is what you have to do. Uh, A lot of these leagues and these players are getting younger. Um, We know what young people do. Some of us who are older know what we did when we were in that range of 21 to 24, 25 years old. So again, you have to put guidelines and you have to put restrictions on these persons, these athletes, especially in this pandemic. It's not like it's just a flu outbreak, it's a pandemic okay so you have to put restrictions on these players because if you don't they will continue with their habits and they won't think about any consequences that might come after it as we see in baseball where the florida marlins initially found out there were positive cases and then pushed it and still wanted to play and were still allowed to play and then after the game after that weekend these announcements were made and then like i said they announced four initially and then within 24 hours it was blew up to like 14 and like we said no restrictions there as far as the players staying in hotels or even staying home if they're playing in their home city or whatever so it has to be um some drastic changes in baseball for them to succeed i think baseball is in trouble They are continuing to play as of right now as we speak but i think they're in trouble um they just had their first brawl the the oakland a's and the astros had a brawl Uh, that's not social distancing of course not um so baseball is kind of like the poster child for the ncaa I i would say right now just you know, playing devil's advocate a little bit because the NCAA and a lot of these uh, conferences are making attempts or having conversations, having dialogue on, on how to proceed and also even if they should proceed in the season. Like we said, we've seen some conferences and some schools that have shut down sports individually and conferences that have shut down fall sports all the way across the board so they can use like i said baseball as the poster child for the difficulties that will arise if you proceed in a manner like baseball proceeded which was not strategically laid out for baseball they argued way too much about the money and the number of games to be played and other things when they should have been arguing about the health and safety of their players which could have halted this outbreak that they have in baseball right now and we honestly don't know if there's any more okay we won't know it until they report it unless or unless it gets reported but again baseball is continuing to play baseball scores i posted earlier today the schedule for today and the scores from yesterday but how soon or how yeah how soon Will another outbreak occur in baseball we don't know but we are waiting to see what happens with that now 12 14 14 minutes past the noontime hour and I have to move on from the NFL for a quick second I'm gonna talk some basketball if you will the NBA bubble um, could be called a minor success right now because they're getting through their eight games seeding games and they're looking at uh moving into the playoffs and like i announced i told you once teams are mathematically eliminated they will leave the bubble immediately which i think is a good thing like i said it cuts down on the number of people it cuts down on the risk of having an outbreak again something that baseball should have thought about uh going into the season more so than the number of games and the amount of money that would be lost or revenues and concessions and things of that nature but moving into baseball basketball i'm sorry a little bit deeper my philadelphia 76ers we won three straight weren't pretty wins but we got the wins last night tough tough game against portland And they fought without Joel, who went out in the first quarter. And I think him sitting out of the remainder of that game was a precautionary measure. Uh, They fought back, took the lead late in that game, just couldn't get it done. Uh, They got some of the players that were really scoring for them. Uh, Al Horford got into foul trouble late. And again, I, I I do have some questions, some issues about the rotations. Again, with uh, Brett Brown and his rotations. But nonetheless, the Sixers fought. Josh Richardson stepped up, did his job. Al Horford, Alec Burks off the bench. Tobias Harris struggled, but he still played his part. Just didn't have enough to get a grasp on Dame Dillard. Damian Lillard, I'm sorry. Uh, last night who put up a 50-burger on us. second 50-burger of this 8 gate game season uh, that the Sixers have played. They're off tonight. They resume tomorrow with a back-to-back uh, against Tuesday and Wednesday against the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday and then the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday. Then they close out against, I think, Thursday or Friday against the Houston Rockets for a time that will be determined. But more importantly, there's been a lot of chatter and a lot of news. Ben Simmons, if you didn't know, has left the bubble and had surgery. He had a subloc- sublocation, whatever it's called, of the kneecap, which means his kneecap partially dislocated, so there was a body, you know, some fragments or whatever floating around in there. He had the scope to remove those issues. They were saying that the injury could possibly be two weeks, but all intents and purposes the Sixers would ideally have to go deep into the playoffs in order for him to return for the season although the Sixers have not formally ruled him out of the season as of yet so what does this injury mean for the 76ers well initially it meant that there would arguably or possibly be a heavy heavy dose of Joel Embiid that was changed for the moment yesterday with his freak injury and as i saw him sitting on the bench as he returned to the bench he looked okay but like i said that i think was a precautionary measure um, of leaving him out of that game because of the injury to ben simmons as well so what does that mean for the sixers in my opinion, it means that they will need to be very, very strategically coached the remainder of the way. Uh, Brett Brown will have to come to the realization that he needs to use Alec Burks more with Joel B in the pick-and-roll situation, in the two-man game. You can still use Al Horford as the high post passer, to uh you know, run some of the offense through him. And then you have Tobias Harris uh as your slasher backdoor cutting. And then you have Josh Richardson. Now I hope that these guys can continue to step up in the absence of Ben Simmons. I am impressed with Joel Embiid as I was talking to someone yesterday, where I like the fact that in these games so far. He is attempting to make it a point to try and dominate in the post. He's not settling for those three-point shots as he used to. He's not fading away from it. He is trying to make his presence known and felt in the post, and I commend him for that. I just wish that Brett Brown would utilize it a lot more than what he has been using it uh, in these most recent games. So that injury... To ben simmons like i said is huge if people may not want to admit it it's huge although people are still stuck on him not shooting the ball he's arguably one of the top defenders in the league so we have lost that and i think some of his playmaking ability is going to hurt us uh as well now on the other side of things I think it's going to be a tough run in the playoffs. I don't know how they're going to fare now. Initially, I had them at least getting through the first round, but now it depends on who that first-round opponent is, how much pressure is put on these other guys to perform, and how far they go. Uh, They are in a bind right now. And... You know, we will, it's like I said, it's going to come to some coaching. And I understand the players have to play. Yes, that's fine and well. I totally get that. But there's also going to have to be some very, very in-depth coaching going on to hold this thing together if they want to advance uh, deep into the playoffs and have an opportunity to have Ben come back and finish out the season. So we'll see what happens with that and we'll see how it goes. Now on the other thing, I've been seeing and I talked to a couple people and people are talking about, once again, the trade rumors for Ben Simmons. Initially, people are talking with Cleveland. People, stop it. Where the Sixers are right now, I don't believe there's anything that Cleveland can offer that would not uh have them ask for a high price which means a lot of people talking colin sexton of course he's their team block right now if you will he's the team he's the person that they ideally are or initially are looking to build around right now so if he was added into the mix there would definitely be another player or some other players added into the mix for not just and it would not just be ben simmons the biggest thing that they can offer, in my opinion, right now, is draft picks. It's not what the Sixers want right now. They really do not need to take on an extensive package of draft picks, considering where they are right now. It would be making them go backwards. It's not what they want. We want to move forward. Um, albeit there might, as I've said before, no disrespect to the coach i think he's a good coach i also um deep down inside feel like he just may not be the coach for this group so again like i've been saying like i've said before it kind of reminds me of like that andy reed situation when andy reed was let go by the eagles it was just time the marriage had run its course and he had got all that he could get out of the players and it was time to start anew think that might be the situation uh here with the Sixers, depending on how the playoff situation goes but i also do deep down inside believe that there may need to be a change in the coaching ranks in order for this team to be as successful as the expect expectations were at the beginning of this season because we saw how the roller coaster ride was before the stoppage of play and we see how the roller coaster ride is continued Throughout these first couple uh, games in this eight game seating, we see it. I, you've seen it, I've seen it, and I've been talking about it consistently about the rotations and how some things need to change in order for the Sixers to progress and get better and move on deeper, deep into the playoffs or have a deep run into the playoffs. So the injury is huge. Stop with the trade rumor. Again, there's nothing actually viable. On that roster in Cleveland that could help the Sixers right now, like you said, a lot of draft picks is not what they want because that puts them uh three steps behind from where they are, not where they want to go. They want to go forward. you don't want to go backwards. we've already been through that stage of having draft picks and stockpiling draft picks and doing what we did the process as we called it, we've become a contender if you will we've become talked about in the nba it's not the time to take that step back and get more draft picks and go that route again so trade rumors for ben simmons i let him go for now we've got to get through this season the rest of the way and like i said i think that it's possible very possible that the marriage between the sixers and brett brown as the head coach could possibly come to an end and it's just a matter of those two reasons in my eyes He may not be the exact coach for this group or this marriage may have just run its course. With that being said, it's been a great show. I'm going to end you there. Before I end there, I am going to give you your schedules for today and for the next upcoming days in sports. Uh, I appreciate the support. Thanks for tuning in. You can catch this on Facebook Live once it's posted, and you can also catch the podcast on iHeartRadio Spotify Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast just search Sports Rap Podcast. The Avatar of Myself will come up. You will know what it looks just like me. And you can find it. Also, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at sports underscore D. On Facebook, Sports Rap Radio Show is the group page. The webpage SportsRapRadio.com. dot com and YouTube, get over there and check out the videos that I have up. There will be new videos going up within the week. Sports Rap TV, make sure you like like some videos. Hit the subscribe button so you will be in tune with everything and be alerted when new videos go up. So, today, Monday, in the NBA, you've got the Thunder and the Suns, the Mavs and the Jazz, the Raptors and the Bucks, the Pacers and the Heat, the Nuggets and the Lakers. Monday WNBA, we got the sun and the dream. The Mercury face off against the wings, and the sky do battle with the storm. For the NHL, the playoffs begin Tuesday. The Columbus Blue Jackets will take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Calgary Flames will take on the Dallas Stars. Carolina Hurricanes will take on the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Boston Bruins will take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Moving into Wednesdays, Conference first, Eastern Conference first round. The Philadelphia Flyers will take on the Montreal Canadiens. The Tampa Bay Lightning will go against the Blue Jackets. Wow, this is crazy. Washington Capitals against the Islanders and the Bruins will face against the Hurricanes. We'll talk more about the NHL as I say, as now we have some live sports. So I've been trying to be consistent with getting your scores. For the previous night and, and the and the current day, up uh, posted. The baseball scores and schedules are posted Facebook Live. I mean, sorry, not Facebook Live, but Sports Red Radio Show, the group page. Tune in each and every Monday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here, heat100radio.com, to Sports Rack It's your boy signing out. Going to be pretty hot today. Stay cool. Stay safe. Enjoy the start of your work week. Eh, check me out all week on social media. Peace.